Hello and welcome to the Gathering Church. I don't know if y'all were able to notice this from wherever you're watching right now, but Pastor Robbie and Pastor Robert both are wearing denim, open denim shirts with stripy shirts underneath, and I've never felt more left out in my entire life. They both came to work today, and they clearly called each other and planned to wear the same thing, and now here I am looking like a knucklehead in the wrong shirt. So thanks a lot, Robbie and Robert. I appreciate you guys very much. Man, it's so good to have you with us here today. However you're joining, we're honored that you're here. If it's your first time watching today, thank you so much for checking us out. I hope that joining us online offers you some hope today and gives you an outlet to either worship a God you know or learn about a truth you've been searching for today. One thing that's hard to see online is who we are. It's hard to understand the culture of this church from, from online. Let me just tell you that if you were able today to pull into a parking lot, somebody would be there with a big old grin on their face in order to make you feel wanted, welcomed, and seen the moment you're on the property. As you make your way inside, people are going to continue to make you feel wanted. Like this is a place. You ever walk into a place and you wonder, am I in the right spot? Do, am, I, is, is this, am I in the wrong place? We never, ever, ever want anybody to feel that walking into the gathering church. And so we have such a, a warm and welcoming environment all throughout the day. We do everything that we can to make you feel at home and that make you feel like this is really a place that you can belong before you believe. You see, this church is like a family and one that's always growing and open to new members and, and welcoming people in. And so I, I just hope that today you're able to feel a little bit of that wherever you're at as we worship together at the gathering, we believe God has prepared a simple spiritual pathway for us to know God, find freedom, discover our purpose, and make a difference. And we're all somewhere on that journey. And our greatest joy is to help people figure out where they are on that journey and to take their next step in it. Well, today we're wrapping up a series called Choose Joy. This has been a crucial series in a crucial series in a crucial season. Uh, this has been a year where we really needed, we weren't going to have any joy if we weren't going to choose joy. Joy was not going to be something that just happens upon us in a season like this. And we've been doing this series along with 21 days of prayer. In fact, we're just wrapping up 21. Today is officially the last day of 21 days of prayer. And here's what I would suggest to you. If you have been in 21 days of prayer alongside of us, don't stop on day 21. Keep the streak going. In our first week of this series, we talked about how one of the best ways that we can choose joy is to choose prayer, to be in a daily prayer habit. And so I hope that after 21 days of prayer, even though I'm not there to, to prompt you and to wake up and somebody's not there to lead you in the morning, you can get on your Bible app, go to the YouVersion Bible app, find a plan, and you can find that same kind of encouragement in a place like that every single day to stay in prayer. So in the first week we talked about how in order to choose joy in every season, one of the key choices we need to make is to choose prayer. And then after that, the next week we said we need to choose freedom, that we can't be guilty and joyful at the same time. Last week 
We said that if we're going to choose joy in a season like this one, we're going to need to choose to one another. We're going we're to need to choose to serve one another, choose to accept one another, and choose to love one another because people are an inevitability even when you're trying to do- socially distance yourself from them. And so if you missed last week's message, I really encourage you to go back and listen to that one in the season that we're in. Well, today we're closing out this series, and next week I've got a brand new series I, I am so excited to share with you. We're, we're going from Choose Joy into a series called Toxic. Toxic. Ugh, toxic. We're going to talk about toxic culture and toxic relationships and, and toxic things. And so we really, I, w- I would really encourage you to tune in and, and be here for that. But today as we wrap up this series, Choose Joy, there's one more crucial choice that we can make that will make it way easier for us to choose joy even in a year like 2020. Today, I want to talk about praise. I want to talk about praise, choosing praise. I think if we're going to choose joy, we're going to have to first choose praise. Our, our theme verse in this series has been Isaiah 61, 3. Isaiah 61, 3, it says, Bestow on them a crown of beauty. He's talking about Jesus and his mission. So Isaiah, the prophet, is saying Jesus would come to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, and the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. We're talking about that garment of praise this morning. And here's the thing. I I love that the prophet calls it a garment of praise. A garment isn't something that you just have on all the time. It's not something that's automatic. A garment is something you got to go and open the closet and you got to choose to put that garment on just like we have to choose joy. Praise is an action that we choose. We have to get ourselves into the condition of praise. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And I believe that if we can learn to choose praise in that way, joy will follow. Praise, praise. I, I think we talk about worship a lot, but we don't always talk about praise. Praise and worship, we group them together, we think it's the same thing. But praise and worship go together, but they're not the same thing. Worship is about who God is. It's intimate and personal. Uh, It's between us and Him. Worship is purely vertical. It's not. There's no one else in the room. In in a moment of worship, it's it's just me and God in in an intimate moment of connection. Praise is a little bit different. Praise is about what God has done. Praise is horizontal. Praise is like God is good, right? Yes. We used to in the church I grew up in say God is good all the time, all the time. Yeah, you got it. You got it. You got it. God is good. It's something we talk about together. It's horizontal. It's something that we're going we're gonna to celebrate and say, look what God has done for us. We praise God when we celebrate all the ways that he's shown up for us in the past and all the ways that he's promised to in the future. Worship is a response. Worship is, we respond to who God is in worship. When you, when you go through that process of praise and you start to connect with the heart of God, worship just happens. Praise is something we have to choose to do. There are two different things. Worship is often contemplative and reverent. Praise should be loud and energetic. Have you ever noticed that we have an order for our songs here uh, at the gathering? If you're worshiping with us, I hope you're worshiping. Can I pause? 
I, listen, I know that if you're, if you're in a gather home or if you're, if you're just watching at your house, maybe with your family or even by yourself, that it, maybe it's, it's hard for you to figure out how to worship in that environment. And, and so maybe you're, you're, you're in the car and you just kind of, you fast forward, you go to the message and you get that. And I, I, I just, let me just tell you real quick, you're, you're missing out if you're not taking that moment to connect to God in praise and worship. And you need it. You even alone, you need it together. We need that. We're, trust me, when we can, we will. We need to be together in praise and worship. But if you can't, you need to be at least united with his people in unison and doing that together across our city. Take that moment to praise and worship. And if, you, if, you're, if you're doing that with us, maybe you've noticed that we have kind of an order that we follow. We always open up with a song. It's kind of energetic and, and loud and praise. Today we actually did one called We Praise You. And, and Robert even jumped around a little bit up here, getting a little bit, he got a little bit of air time, a little bit of hang time. And, and we'll often do that before we move into a song that is worship center, a, a song that's vertical, a song that's kind of quiet and contemplative. And that's a biblical order to service. In, in Psalm 95 is one of the many places David lays it out. He opens by saying, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. Isn't extol a word you use a lot? Extol means praise enthusiastically. It says in another psalm, Enter his courts into the first place with thanksgiving in your hearts. Enter into his courts with praise. We start with praise. We, we open it up by looking side to side and saying, isn't God good? And then we move into worship. Verse 6 of that Psalm 95 says, come now and let us bow down in worship and let us kneel before the Lord our maker for he is our God. We are the people of his pasture and the flock under his care. So we need both. We need both praise and worship. But I know that I, for one, tend to focus more on worship and less on praise. That's kind of the way I'm wired. I'm always telling Robert, Robert, I don't know about them fast songs, man. We need to slow it down a little bit. We need something reverent to start the service. And Robert's always like, no, man, we need to open up with praise. And I'm like, all right, preach, Pastor Robert, you know, and I let him do it because, it, because he's right, you know. And so maybe, maybe you're like me and, and you think about worship more, you go more to worship today. And I want to talk about praise. And in this season... I think we need to choose praise and we need to choose it more because praise requires a joyful heart attitude. It's the nature of it. It's what praise is. It's energetic and it's joyful. So when I choose praise, it requires me to also choose joy. So in this season, we're going to choose praise. Here's what happens when we choose praise. Praise focuses on God and not on me. In our culture, we're used to being focused on me. We are the selfie culture. We are a culture that is so focused on me that when our phones had cameras that only faced outward, it was not good enough. We needed to add another camera that only faced my face. We are a selfie culture. We want things to revolve around what we like, what we prefer. We want it around our likes and preferences. And In fact, it's not uncommon to hear church people say, well, I didn't really like the music today. You know, it just wasn't my style. It, it was just too loud for me. Everything was too loud for me. People were moving too much. I, I like this different song that they never play. It feels like, why don't they ever get into, how come they ever play that song? You know, I just don't prefer 
that singer. You know, their, their range, it's just, it's just too high for me. I just, me, me, I, I, I thought the drummer was too loud. We work hard to protect our preferences. And we think that our preferences are the most important thing because we live in a culture that has affirmed that from the time we were very small. We're used to believing and seeing the world through the lens of what I want, what I like, what is about me. Praise helps us to take that focus off of me and put it on God. When our attention is on me, it's hard to choose joy because everything around me is not always good. Everything inside of me is not always good. So when everything is about me, it can be very difficult for me to choose joy. But when, everything is, when I'm changing my attention to make it about God, it's different because God is always good. It makes it easier to choose joy. And Psalm 50, 23 says, those who sacrifice thank offerings, because the praise can be a sacrifice, can it? Because you, sometimes you, you just don't feel like praise. You know, it's just one of those days. Some days I wake up grumpy. Some days I deserve to be grumpy. And, uh, and, and sometimes things are hard and life is challenging and it's, it's a sacrifice to choose praise. But he says, those who sacrifice thank honorings, thank offerings, honor me. It's about honoring God. It's about taking the attention off of me and honoring God instead. Praise, it, it, praise focuses on God and not on me. Praise reminds me of the eternal and not the temporal. Praise reminds me of the eternal and not the temporal. It's hard to see past a crisis. I mean, it can be hard to see past just a bad day. Sometimes when you have a bad day, it feels like this is never going to end. This, this day is literally going to last for a thousand years. I will always be in this day. This day will never end. It feels like Groundhog Day. And a crisis can be that way. I, I mean, I bet, I, I know that for me, it's hard for me to imagine what next year looks like or the year after that or the year after that, or the year after that. It's hard for me to see past the crisis that we're in. There's no clear end date. There's no, it's not winding down. There's no, it just, it just is new and different problems every day. And so it can be hard to, when we're in a crisis, to see life on the other side of it. And it's even harder to see past this temporary life that we live in and see the eternal. But this life, all of it, every crisis and every good day, this is not all there is. This is not the end for you. This life, although important and significant, is very small in the context of eternity. And when we remember that, and we remember that Jesus said He is going to prepare a place for us in eternity, it's easier for us to choose joy even when this life moves from one crisis directly into the next. And we sing praises about that hope. And we sing praises about things that we believe are going to happen, but haven't happened yet. Like, I believe you're the God, of, the God of breakthroughs is on my side. Well, it may be hard to see that the God of breakthroughs is on your side. Maybe sometimes when you're in church and we sing a song like that and everybody's saying, we praise you, the God of breakthroughs, and everybody's just getting into it. And you're just sitting there like, Mm-mm, I don't feel it. I don't know. God's going to, where's my victory? I don't, I'm, I'm not in a victory right now. I'm just, I'm experiencing a ton of losses. I don't know if I want to sing about a victory right now. No, that's what praise is. Choosing praise is saying that I'm going to declare the things that God has already promised me. 
See, I believe that he is the God of breakthroughs. In fact, I've experienced it in my life back then. And even though I'm not feeling it right now, I'm going to say that the God of breakthroughs is on my side because my eyes aren't just fixed on this temporary life. My eyes are fixed on the eternal. And I believe that he's going to make everything good in the end. And so even if it's bad right now, I'm going to sing this song of praise and it resets your heart. Put you in the right place. Paul was really, really good at this. He was so focused on the calling that God placed on his life that he just didn't get distracted or discouraged by all the bad days that he had on this earth. He lived through all kinds of crises. We've talked about Paul a lot during this pandemic because it's so relatable when you're in a hard season. He, he lived through a, a, a time period where there was plenty of famine and disease and government corruption and actual life-threatening persecution, like people were trying to kill him all the time, and he chooses to praise God through it all. And it fixed his mind on the eternal, not the temporal. 2 Corinthians 4.8 says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I'm persecuted, but I haven't been abandoned. I'm struck down, but I'm not destroyed. If you grew up in the 90s in church, you couldn't help but think, struck down but not destroyed. And blessed beyond this curse, for his promise shall endure. And his joy is going to be my strength. I'm going to regret that when I'm watching that in my gather home on Sunday. <laughs> Paul, Paul was able to get through these hard moments because he has this firm understanding that there is more than this life accomplishing the purpose God created you with is far more important than accomplishing the purposes I have for myself. Paul says in verse 17, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You've got to have the right perspective. And I believe praise can get our minds in the right perspective. We praise God because he has promised us that the ending is good. We praise God because if it's not good yet, God's not done yet. We praise God because of what will happen. And it helps us to remember that we exist for eternity, not just for this temporary crisis. It is a hard moment right now. And nobody is trying to say that it's not. But praise helps us choose joy in the middle of it because praise is a joyful state. Eliza Hewitt uh, lived during the American Civil War as a teenager. Uh, so she was growing up during this time where battles are being fought right outside her door constantly. As an adult, she suffered from a spinal condition that would leave her bedridden for months at a time. She had all kinds of hardships throughout her life. Um, in the between moments, between suffering, she became a teacher and she would teach elementary school girls. It was a really big deal in the 1800s. And it, she actually even lived through the pandemic of 1918, the flu pandemic. She had seen so many bad moments in her life. 
And yet she wrote a whole bunch of hymns or gospel songs that I grew up singing. Maybe you did if you grew up in the traditional church like I did. And one of those songs that she wrote that we used to sing um, was, When we all get, this is a singing Sunday, to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. That will be when we all see G. That's going to sound so bad on the, on the microphone. We sing and shout the victory, shout the victory. You see, life is bad. She writes that song in 1896, two years into her spinal condition. She spent nine months in a bed, and she writes this song. You know what? It's not so great right now, but when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Won't it be good? When we all see Jesus, won't we sing and shout the victory? You see, that's what praise does. It helps us to keep our eyes fixed and focused on eternity and not on this temporary moment. Praise is outward and not inward. So it helps us focus on the eternal, not the temporary. It's not about me, it's about God. And it's outward, not inward. It, it says in Hebrews thirteen fifteen, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise. Again, there's that, that term. And I think it's consistently referred to as a sacrifice of praise because it does require us to sacrifice something. You, you, you have to sometimes bring yourself to a joyful moment from a moment of sorrow. You have to come from that spirit of despair. And Isaiah says, the garment of praise covers the spirit of despair. Despair is a big deal. Despair isn't just like, oh, I'm, I'm not feeling great. I had a bad day. I'm grumpy. No, despair is when inside you feel wilted like a plant that hasn't been watered. And praise can come out of a moment like that. But when it does, it is a sacrifice. It, it's hard. And the Bible acknowledges that, but it says, continually offer a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. It can be a sacrifice, but it also returns something we may not expect. It returns joy to us, and it does it best when it's not something secret and internal, but it's outward and external. It's the fruit of our lips because it comes from our mouth. It's not something we think. It is something we say. It is out loud and sometimes very off-key. Praise is outward, meaning I praise God openly where people can see me. I praise God out loud with my mouth through my lips. It's something that is not just I feel praise inside. It's that I show praise outside. I genuinely believe that part of the problem right now that we're seeing culturally with all the sadness and the bitterness, the frustration, the anger, the, the way that people are having a hard time coexisting with one another right now. The, the, the mental, not just the health crisis we're in, but the mental health crisis that we're in. I believe that a big factor in that is that it has been almost six months since we've come together to outwardly praise God as the people of God. At least for followers of Jesus, I believe this is a big factor. But I think it's a factor for everybody because the followers of Jesus are the light of the world. We're the salt of the world. We're in flavor. We're the ones, we're the ones that carry hope and joy to the people who don't have a source for it. And when the people of God are deprived of a source of joy like praise, I think this, we're, what we're seeing is a result of that. Now, I'm not, that is not a political statement. You know, I'm not saying 
in making any statement about decisions that have been made. Everybody's just trying to do their best and keep people safe. But I am saying that I think there's been a result. And a result has been a loss of joy. Because praise isn't inward. It is outward. It's not supposed to just be something you feel inside. It's supposed to be your hands raised up, moving around, singing your heart out, dancing and making yourself look foolish. This is praise. I grew up in this traditional Southern Baptist church, as you know from some of my hymns that I've been singing here this morning. And during worship, when I was a kid, I, I mean, I very distinctly remember, there, there is a way that, that, in that in that Southern Baptist world that is like the way that you praise, and it's this. This is how we stood during worship. As still as possible, just, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? <laughs> because I can't see it. <laughs> and so we stood this way. But I remember actually when I was in middle school, we got a new music director. And he brought a little bit of spice into the room. Okay, He brought a little bit of flavor. And it wasn't long before people started clapping in that place. And, and nobody in that room clapped at the same time. Okay, People were clapping. It was just, they were clapping. They were not clapping to a rhythm or a beat. They were just clapping. But all of a sudden, the environment began to change. The culture began to change. I remember when things started to get a little bit crazy in that church, people started to raise their hands a little bit. And let me tell you something, it was awkward when all these folks with long dresses and suits started raising their hands, looked like everybody in the room had a question all at once, you know, or, or, or there was kind of the, they were getting ready and then there was like the papa, you know, and then that's it, you know, I mean, just like a little, here we go. And, and I remember thinking that this is, this is starting to feel like it means something. See, praise is outward, not inward. This is how it's meant to be. I remember the first time we're a part of a church network called the Association of Related Churches. And a lot of the people uh, who lead this network or who are in it came out of the Assemblies of God, which if you don't know much about church denominations, they get a little bit wild, okay? That's, a, that's from the charismatic world. If you've never experienced it, when everything gets back to the way it was, go and, and bless yourself with a Sunday morning at an AG church. It'll change things for you. And so I went into the, I'd never been in an environment like that. And I went into the first worship and people were jumping around and waving their hands in the air and shouting and worshiping, not just by singing the song that somebody was singing up there, but with their whole bodies, they were worshiping. They were talking, the preacher was preaching and they were agreeing with him. And I was like, oh my goodness gracious, this is a rowdy joint. You know, and I remember walking out of that first worship experience, feeling more joy in my heart, like, man, I got to get more that. I don't know what was going on in that room, but I got to get back in there. I got to get in that place. Our hearts are made for praise. We're, we're created to praise God. And I think praise is a gift that he gave us because it's, it's worship is kind of, we're made to worship and we connect with God and worship. It kind of fills your soul up, but praise fixes your heart. When your heart is broken and when it's sad and sorrowful, this is a gift God has given us to bring us back to a place of joy. And, and so I hope that you're, you're, you're starting to feel like, man, I need to, I need to praise outward, not inward. It's, it's good to feel joyful and to praise God in your heart. That's good to do it inside your head and think God is good. It's good to have a thought like God is good, but sometimes you got to say out loud, God is good and I need to worship him with who I am. 
I love the story of Jesus entering Jerusalem in Luke 19, verse 37. It says, right at the crest where Mount Olives begins its descent, the whole crowd of disciples burst into enthusiastic praise over all the mighty works they had witnessed. Blessed is he who comes in the king, who blessed is the king in God's name. All's well in heaven. Glory in the highest praises. People were dancing and shouting. This is a very conservative place of worship. Worship is orderly and done in a specific way. And we stand up and we sit down. We don't do that. And these people are jumping around and shouting in the streets and saying, God is here. He's here. Praise God. Glory to God in the highest. Hosanna. And, and just shouting. And the Pharisees, the religious people come in there and say, teacher, Get your disciples under control. Get these people. It's always the religious people who have the most trouble with outward praise. They say, oh, you go to one of those hand-raising churches, or that's too much of a show, but it's not about making a show. We shouldn't make a show. You shouldn't do things that draw attention to yourself. But we should praise him in the way he deserves. Jesus answered them, if they kept quiet, the stones would do it for them, shouting their praise. We need to choose praise. And I believe if we do, it will bring joy back into our hearts. I really believe it. And so, um, real quick, I, I want to, as I, th- I've got uh, seven more points. And so, settle yourself in and get comfortable. No, I, I want to do this quickly. But in the Hebrew language, the, the Old Testament was written in the Hebrew language. And in the Hebrew language, there's way more words than there are in English. And sometimes in our English Bible translations, we miss some things because of how big of a picture they would paint with their words in that language. And one of those words is praise. There are seven different Hebrew words for praise. Seven. We, we translate it as praise every time thinking, oh, they get it. But the Hebrew people are like, no, there's different kinds. There's different types of this. And so what I want to do is help you because I know that right now you're kind of in a weird place. You're, you're at home and you're just not really sure. How do I, I want that? I agree that I want this. I don't really know what it looks like for me. I don't know how to do this. I don't know when am I supposed to praise God? Where am I supposed to praise God? So let me give you seven different ways you can do it. Seven different Hebrew forms of praise. And I think if you can choose one of these ways of praise, if we can start praising God like this, it's going to make a big difference in the way that you're able to choose joy for your life. Seven ways. So first one is Hallel. Hallel. Hallel is inner praise. Hallel, hallel is, it, it starts inside and it moves out and gets bigger and bigger. It's like satisfaction inside. But the word actually means in the Hebrew, the direct, if you just look in what's called the lexicon, the, the, the dictionary of Hebrew word, ancient Hebrew words, it just says to rave, to boast, to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. To praise God, to be clamorously. It means I feel so satisfied and so fulfilled and so joyful in my heart that it's going to explode out of me and it's going to look silly when it does. Psalm 35, 18 says, I will thank you in front of the great assembly and I will hallel. I will, I will be clamorously foolish before all the people. It is okay to praise God in a way that makes you feel a little bit silly. In fact, I think it's good for you and it honors him. Number two, yada, not Yoda, yada. It means to acknowledge in public. It's outward, it's not inward. It's not something that I keep secret inside. In Psalm 138, one, it says, I will praise you, I will yada you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will acknowledge you in public, my God. 
with all my heart, outward. When we only listen to praise in our heads or in our cars, quietly alone, it's just not the same. We're missing both Hallel and Yada. Number three is Barak, to bless by kneeling or bowing, a physical outward response, to bow myself before God in praise. Psalm 103.1 says, praise the Lord, O my soul, all my innermost beings, praise his holy name. It's a physical reaction. I kneel before you, God. Number four is Zamar. Zamar, making music to God with strings. They were Zamaring up here just a few minutes ago. It's Psalm 92 one says, it is good to Zamar. Praise the Lord and make music to your name. O most high. We worship in song. We praise in song. Number five, Shabbat, to address in a loud tone, to shout to shout Psalm 63 verses 3 and 4 because your love is better than life my lips will glorify you I will praise you I will shout at you as long as I live and in your name I will lift up my hands if you're one of those that thinks we shouldn't lift up our hands in church Lift up our hands in praise because it honors God. A shout of praise, Shabbat. I remember the first time I was at a church and at the end of a praise song, everyone started clapping and shouting. And I thought, well, I don't, I don't know about that. This is not some kind of a Van Halen rock concert. We shouldn't be applauding these people. And then the pastor came out and he said, yes, let's lift up a shout of praise. And everybody just went crazy. And I was like, hmm. I don't know. I don't know about it. I don't. And I began to realize that as the people started shouting and as the people got louder, that they weren't shouting as a response to the music or they weren't welcoming the pastor with a standing ovation. They were worshiping their God while expressing it with just the utmost, the biggest way they can say, I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm grateful for you. Thank you, God. Have you ever noticed? that it's perfectly fine when there's not COVID-19 to go to a sporting event. And when your team scores a touchdown, what do you do? Do you do what we do in church? That's very good. I appreciate that. Mm, Amen. Go go Tigers. Very proud of this championship team. No, you lose your mind. You, You knock over the seat you were sitting in. You jump up and down and you scream and shout. Or or what about when you go to meet somebody coming from the airport? You haven't seen them in a long time. They've been gone. The person you love the most in the world rounds that corner. You don't go, glad you're here. Thanks for being here. Good to see you again. Hope the flight was good. No. Shout. Oh my God, it's you. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy to see you. We shout in all these moments when our hearts are filled with joy. Don't you think worship should be at the forefront of those moments? If it's okay to shout when my kid gets two seconds of playtime in a basketball tournament, shouldn't it be okay for me to shout because my God has rescued me from the grave? Shouldn't it be okay to shout because I was dead and now I'm alive? Shouldn't it be okay to shout because he says, guess what? You get to be with me forever. I'm making a way for you. I'm setting up rooms for you. I can't wait. Isn't it okay for us to shout because of what God has done for us? We need to get over it and we need to praise out loud. Number six, toda, toda, to lift hands in adoration. There it is. There's a whole word for it. It's a form of praise, toda, to lift hands 
In adoration, Psalm 50, 23, he who offers todah, who lifts his hands in adoration, glorifies me. And to him that orders his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. If you've ever wondered why people raise hands in church, there it is. That's why it glorifies God. And number seven, the last one, tehillah. Not tequila, tehillah. It has the same effect, exuberant singing. Psalm 34, 1, I will extol the Lord at all times and his tehillah will always be on my lips. <laughs> Don't get it mixed up. There's an H. God loves your joyful singing. He loves it. You're exuberant. You may be the worst singer in any room. Oh, God loves to hear it. He loves the sound of your voice. He loves it when, when you get louder and people actually hear you and you're like, oh, that was embarrassing. He loves it. Maybe all seven different kinds of praise have been missing from your life in these last six months, and I bet that's made it pretty hard for you to choose joy. I believe that you can have joy right now, no matter how long this season goes on for, you can if you make these choices. If you learn to choose praise, maybe you, you need to get in a life group, and life group leaders, maybe you need to have a moment for some praise in those groups. Maybe you need to be worshiping in a gather home, and, and Listen, I don't know when we are going to open up, but when we do, I hope you'll come and that you'll just shout praise with me behind a mask 20 feet apart from other people so that we can just restore this joy that we are missing. I believe you can do it right now that in this place, as, as we that you can stand up in your gather homes, that you can stand up in your living room, in your bedroom alone, and begin to praise God outwardly and out loud. I believe you can have joy in your life in this season if you'll praise your God in this season. I believe if you'll choose prayer, if you'll choose freedom, if you'll put away that sin that so easily entangles and move towards the direction that God has for your life, if you'll choose to one another to love people well, if you'll take away the bitterness and the anger and the response to the way people treat you and replace it with love, you can choose joy. And if you'll choose praise, I don't even just think you, you will have to choose joy. If you choose those other things, I think joy is going to come right along with them. I think it's a side effect. I think people will be saying, what is the matter with you? What has gotten into you? And you'll say, I got the joy, joy, joy. You got it. You'll have it. It'll be visible. You'll feel it again. You don't have to feel beaten down by this season every day. You don't have to carry a spirit of heaviness every morning when you wake up, every night when you go to bed. You you can put that spirit away, bury it in the ground, and you can put on a spirit of joy instead. I believe it. Do you believe it? We can do this. Let's choose joy in this season. The only part of life that we can control is our reaction to it. Let's choose joy. Let's choose joy, church. Joy, joy, joy. God wants you to have joy he wants you to feel it. Maybe you're here or you're watching today and you've never had that kind of joy. You, you, you're, 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 you're hungry for it. You're looking for it everywhere you go. You're, you're trying to find it. You're trying to understand it. And you still haven't found it. I want you to know that right here today, you can experience it. It can go right through this screen into your heart. That you, you, can, you can make a decision right now that will not fix all of your problems, but can give you joy right now in this moment. 
You can enter into a relationship with Jesus. And if you're ready for that, all it is is just, is, it's a matter of saying yes. Jesus has put out the call. Come follow me. And all you have to do is just be willing to lay down your life and say, I will. I, I say yes. If you're ready, will you pray this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the way that you've rescued me from the grave. Forgive me for trying to do this on my own. Forgive me for the mistakes I've made. Forgive me for the sin that I've lived in. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would just come into my heart right now. Come into my life. I give myself to you. Everything that I am from this moment forward is yours. I accept your call. I accept your gift of free life. I say yes to it, God. And I move into relationship with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to the family. We're so honored to have you.